Welcome, everyone. Um, it is Sunday, August 20th, and this is the Stoner Sunday service. I'm Pastor Podhead. I am a fully ordained Christian pastor 
My ordination, my ordination is held through the International Council of Community Churches. This is an open service where everybody is welcome um, and services last no more than 30 minutes. Let us pray. Father, we come before you today with humble hearts. We praise you for your goodness and mercy. We thank you for your many blessings in our lives. We ask for your guidance and wisdom as we go through this church service. Help us to open our hearts and minds to hear from you. Amen. Um, before we start the reading, I'm going to go ahead and play another song, give people a chance to, to join us. So this is All Because of You by David Leonard. Please take a moment to retweet and share the room with your friends.
Well, as our families prepare to go back to school, or already back in school, there are two readings for today. Our first one comes from Psalms 119, 9 through 16. This is the word of the Lord. How can a young person live a clean life? By carefully reading the map of your word. I'm single-minded in pursuit of you. Don't let me miss the roadside as you posted. I've banked your promises in the vault of my heart so I won't send myself bankrupt. Be blessed, God. Train me in your ways of wise living. I'll transfer to my lips all the counsel that comes from your mouth. I delight far more in what you tell me about living than in gathering a pile of riches. I ponder every morsel of wisdom from you. I attentively watch how you've done it. I relish everything you've told me of life. I won't forget a word of it. And from 2 Timothy 3, 14 to 17. But don't let it phase you. Stick with what you've learned and believed, sure of the integrity of your teachers. Why you took in the sacred scriptures with your mother's milk. There's nothing like the written word of God for showing you the way to salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. Every part of scripture is God-breathed and useful one way or another, showing us truth, exposing our rebellion, correcting our mistakes, training us to live God's way, through the word we are put together and shaped for the task God has for us. And these are the words of our Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Lord, help me to speak your word with faithfulness, clarity, authority, passion, wisdom, humility, and liberty. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. I was in seminary um, and we were learning how to read the Bible. And I asked a question that caused some very interesting looks. I asked, can God learn? And people were utterly shocked at the idea that I could consider God could ever be in a position where he would need to learn from us as opposed or learn at all as opposed to being all knowing and all thinking. This is why I think this way, and it, it's why today we're going to look at the Bible and the messages it has. See, the Bible gives us basic instructions for living our lives. It, it opens up with, with a single rule, and when that doesn't work, God adds a few more rules, and when that doesn't work, he adds a lot of rules, and when that doesn't work, he just takes it down to two. But why? Why would God do such a thing? So I think God has the ability to learn from the creations he has. And in his learning, he learns how to, to have a relationship with us and to help better us. So in the beginning, God created man and woman and set them upon in a perfect garden and gave them, you know, pretty simple rule. Don't eat of the tree of life and you will have a wonderful, amazing life filled with everything you'd ever want and need. The problem with that idea is man is a greedy, jealous creature, and we wanted really to know more. We turn it into a simple story of an apple given to Eve, and Eve tricks her husband into eating it, and they both are sent out. But if you really think about it, it it's the message there is that the temptation of knowing all sat in front of man both man and woman. And instead of accepting 
all the riches in the world and everything they could have, they had to know what was in that tree. So man ate of that tree. God realized that this idea of giving people perfection was not going to work. They needed to, to try a different route. So Adam and Eve are shipped out of Eden, they're sent out, and now suddenly life is tough. They have to work the land to grow food, they have to hunt and farm for meat, they have to raise their children that things just don't happen automatically and magically. Man has to live. There has to be consequences for the actions. So God and man live together again, and then God realizes that even the evil of man transcends into families when Cain kills Abel, and God learns of the true evil nature of man. We continue on through the story. We get to Sodom and Gomorrah. God realizes the mistakes again, destroys a city so evil that, it, that its walls need to crumble, and he moves on again. Then we get to Noah. God can't believe the evil in the world. Let's just start all over again. Tells Noah how to build an ark, how to save all the animals of the world, loads them into this giant wooden ship, kills off all of humanity, realizes that was probably a really bad thing to do and promises never do it again. And in that promise gives us something called a rainbow. Now, in this, God has now learned that there's, man is just a crazy beast and we have to figure out how to live with them. So God places upon a few set of rules of things you have to do to have a relationship with God. Not a difficult set of tasks. God has learned that man's not going to listen to one task or the other one. So now he's going to give him a different set. He creates the covenants with Noah. And, you know, man rebels and pushes back and God decides, you know what, I'm going to choose one group of people out of all the tribes on the planet. And I will just see if I can have a relationship with that one group. And he chooses the Israelites or the Jews. And he tells, you know, tells Abraham, take your, or take your son. Circ, you know, you need to sacrifice him to me and all will be good. And he does or attempts to. And God realizes, okay, I found someone who'll listen, really don't want his kid. So he sends an angel down to send a, a lamb to take its place. And life goes on a little bit, but then he realizes man rebels again. So then we have Moses and we get the Moses covenant, which is a series of 618 laws line by line, exactly how man should live. He has spelled out every single choice we have and the only correct choice if we want a relationship with God. Now, you would think if I gave someone a list of every possible rule so that any situation they would ever find themselves upon, they would know the right answer, that man would follow that. But man doesn't. And God has to learn again, okay, this option doesn't work either. How do I have a relationship with my creation without them being so evil that it's impossible? So he, he comes down upon us as Jesus. He walks the earth and he offers up a set of two rules. Love me and love yourselves and we can have a relationship and be good. And the Bible kind of stops there. And in that, 
God has taken time to learn, not, not only have we learned how to have a relationship with God, God has taken time to learn how to have a relationship with us. And I really look at the Bible as more than just this series of, of crazy stories, um, but truly this word of God, this inerrant word, the message within it, which is God wants to have a relationship with us and he's willing to do anything possible to truly have that relationship except forcing us into it. And we as man are willing to do everything we can to not. So God leaves us the Bible to read. And now we get to the real portion of the sermon, which is important. Why? Why should we take time to read this old book filled with old stories and, and crusty messages that people consider false and impossible? You know, oh, the earth was created in six days. Oh, this, oh, that. Let me tell you and explain something. The Bible that we read is a translation and a summary of the Bible that was written. And it's man's interpretation of God's word. Now, man's interpretation is, is led by God, but not to a point where God makes the choices. So when I talk about in my belief, and other Christians talk about in their belief, the inerrancy of God and the inerrancy of the Bible, we aren't saying that every word in the Bible is perfect and correct. What we are saying is that the message that the Bible gives us Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, and mind, and love your neighbors as yourself is the message that we need to learn from. And in learning that, there are, there are ways to accomplish it, and really areas to study. So what are the areas to study within the Bible? Well, the first is exactly what it is, the good news. The Bible is a list of good news. All the good things that happen in the Bible are good news to man. If, if you make mistakes, you will be forgiven. When you die, there is everlasting life after this life that we live currently. This is not just our own place in the world. There is more after this. The scripture. You, know, you want to study to know God. You want to understand why he learned what he learned, the decisions that he made, and the decisions and why man what he did what he did. If you really read the Bible from a perspective of a historical document that lists what God offered, what man did to rebel, what God offered in its place, and what man did to rebel, you can start to see this relationship of up and down and God really trying to find a simple way to have a relationship with his children. Kind of like we try to have a relationship with our own children. We fight and we push and we fight and we push. And I've realized now that my oldest is 21 going on 22, that once he was out of my arm's reach and I was no longer pushing rules upon him, he wanted the relationship with me because now he needed me instead of me just wanting him to do what I say. And this is where we get to studying yourself. We are all given special gifts from God. You need to know your strength and your weaknesses, who you are, who you want to be, and how you're going to get there. Study others. Take time to learn how other people learn, what they've learned, the stories they have. The spiritual classics. Now, there are classical stories that I would recommend everyone should read. There are autobiographies and biographies of great leaders in the world. 
but the spiritual classics are those set of books written by other spiritual leaders to help you understand what's truly in the Bible from their perspective and to give you ways to take their perspective and translate it into your own perspective. We have the church itself. Now, I will admit I'm not a big proponent of of the corporate church, but I am a big proponent of church. Church is the idea that when two or more people come together to study and worship God, to study God, to worship God, to love God, they become the church at that moment. So take the time as a church to actually study and learn the Bible. Learn history, not just the history of the Bible, but what else was going on in that time, what has been going on since then, that has led us to where we are today. And of course, study the world because you want to love the world as Jesus did because there is no greater love than we should have for each other and that God has for us. Now, of course, most of us don't want to study. You know, we have lots of excuses. I don't have time. I don't know what to read. I don't like to read. The Bible is confusing and I don't understand it. Theology confuses me. Hey, I'm going to agree with you. Time is tough. There are audible versions of the Bible. There are websites that will give you one chapter or one section a day so you can take the Bible apart and read it across a year to five years. You don't know what to study? Ask. I am always here and open and ready to talk to you and to discuss what, what is good to read, what isn't good to read. I might even take time to find some crazy Bible stories, as, as Lore Lord will tell you. So, I mean, take that time to truly study what's out there to understand it and ask. You don't like to read books? Well, audio books are great, then you don't have to read the book. I don't understand the Bible. You probably don't understand the translation you're reading or the summation you're reading. I personally like the version, the message. And most of the time when I read the readings, I'm utilizing a, a translation slash summation called the message. It is not a true translation. The author translated and then summarized and attempted to take concepts that were written a couple thousand years ago and utilize today's concepts and, and vocabulary to help bring the Bible to life. Theology confuses me. Theology confuses everybody. Theology is this idea that we can put a set of rules and laws and politics in place behind the Bible. Um, my theology is pretty well known. I think we should love everyone and love God and that's it. We shouldn't judge. We shouldn't, um, we shouldn't worry about that. God will judge. God will determine which direction, whether we're right or wrong. We should support and love each other. And then, of course, there's lots of other reasons. Now, I'm not sitting here and telling you you need to read the Bible every day for five hours a day or you'll never be a great Christian. But it is good to take time every day or a couple times a week to even just read a small portion or read a devotional, a story, a newsletter, something to help connect you back, to help you continue to take the circumstances and the situations you live in today and decide how should I react or how should I, what action should I take 
based upon my Christian life in answering this problem. And that's really what the Bible is doing, is giving you a set of, of options based on the situation you're in. Now, this has been an interesting and, and different sermon than normal. There's no fire and brimstone here. I'm not telling you to go out and you must do this. I'm giving you options and ways to make your, your spiritual study and growth simpler and easier, a better direction to go and a place to take it. And I am always here and able and available to answer questions. Thank you. So the next part of our service are prayer requests. So I'm going to go ahead and play a song. And as I play this song, if you have any prayer requests or, or the like, you can either click the bubble in the bottom right hand corner and, and openly and publicly offer your prayer request, or you can send me a direct message and I will add you to my prayer list. If you send me a direct message, I will just say, say Kurt sent me one, I would say, please play, pray for Kurt and, and Kurt's prayer requests. I won't openly say what it is, but if it was like for me, it would say, Please pray for my family, for my wife, for my child in Alaska. Uh, I'll, I'm a little more open book there. So as I play this next song, please take a moment to think of the things that you would like us as a group to pray for. And we'll do that next. This is What It Sounds Like by Rock City Worship. Yeah. 
Lord, fill our hearts with love that you freely give. Make love our last and first thoughts. May we love others and freely give to them. Make our spirit a spirit of joy, happiness, and love for our friends and our enemies. Help us love as abundantly as you have loved me. Please watch over our families, our friends. Watch over Kurt and Soli, Respecter, um, Meansers, Lore Lord, Alpha Logic, Gibby, Scotty Beeman, James Abbott, Philip, and Adelaide. Please watch over us, over our families, and over our prayer requests as you, as you know them in our heart. Amen. So as our last part of church, before I let you all go, you know, the part that everyone looks forward to, passing of the pot. Again, I don't believe in the passing of the pot in, in this church. Tithing is the giving back to the community that you both live, work, and spend your time in. So I'll ask you over this week to take some time to donate your one of your, you know, either your time, your treasure, your talent, or a combination of any of those to help your community where it needs it most. From helping your mo neighbor to mow a lawn, fostering a pet, donating to a local homeless shelter, helping out in a food kitchen, take an elderly neighbor shopping. Tithing is the act of sharing the gifts that God has blessed you with to care for your community. It is not to bless me with your money. Not that I wouldn't appreciate extra money, but I don't need it and I'm not taking it from my church. Let us pray as we prepare to leave. God, we thank you for meeting us here tonight and for delivering your word. May each soul in this place be touched through the songs and the preaching and may each take to heart the word that has come forth. We pray that those seeking an answer received it and those who needed a special touch are granted that touch. Bless each of us and keep us safe until we're able to gather together again. Now I say to you who are here, go into the world with confidence and trust that Christ is walking with you. Go be, go be a beacon of light and love in a dark world. Amen and thank you. The service will end at the end of this next song, Counting My Blessings by Seth Schutler. It's like it was yesterday I was praying for a miracle Scared of all the little hope And now looking back today Seeing all the things you've done I can't even add them up One, two, three Or two Seasons never last forever.
Thanks, everyone. Bye.